the Lord, uh, we had we just celebrated Fourth of July, and the Lord had been talking to me about the power and what we speak, and um, I was starting to hear all the songs that were sung once upon a time upon our upon our nation. And I was seeing, uh, like, on TikTok, different things that they were singing and songs they were singing. And, and I was like, no wonder why we had, we had such a blessed nation. Because the words that people sang over our nation were beautiful. And I believe that's where God is taking us back to, to have an understanding that what we speak has power. And we need to begin to speak like Jesus again. So today's message is called Speaking Like Jesus from a Place of Power. And, um, and, and, and I started, uh, you know, like, God bless America, the star-spangled banner, uh, the land of the free and home of the brave. You know, I, I, was I was putting myself in the perspective of the military for our nation and the army and the different forces we, that, that serve our country. And I was thinking, you know, the ones that should have it together is the church. Where they come to get fed should be the church. But if the church doesn't understand the kingdom message and they speak from a perspective of being defeated, how are they supposed to be risen up in the things of God? See, what we speak out loud, and we don't realize it. Like, I've been to churches before, and I hear them say comments like, oh, this country's going to H-E-L-L. You know what I'm saying? And there are believers that are saying this. This is not just like uh, 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 people out in the street. These are believers talking like this. And I started thinking about this, and I was like, man, if I sacrificed my life for this country like the men and women have that are in the military forces have sacrificed for us. They're away from their families. They're gone for months and time. My brother was military and, and he was away at 19 years old. He entered the military and he was always away from us. We never got to see him. Pretty much the army raised him because that's where he was from age 18, 19 years old. And he went in very young. And, um, and the thing about it was, there was a, there's a price that they pay. But to hear people talk about our nation the way that they do, when there's such sacrifice in protecting our nation, is not okay. And it's, it's the believers that have to begin to break agreement with how we've been speaking about our nation, that we've come to agreement with what we're hearing on the news and on media that is of this world. That's why this, this afternoon when I was hearing the worship te uh, team talking about, give me Jesus, you can have the world. It spoke volumes to me because I was like, if we have him, the world will be taken care of. He has the whole world in Psalms. It talks about how he holds the world in his hands. So he holds our nation in his hands. So our perspective of a kingdom mindset has to be from he holds the world in his hands. You know, we pray and we agree with heaven. Our perspective has to come from a kingdom mindset. And I, I believe that has to uh, change right now. Um, Genesis 1.28, it says, God blessed them. God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply. Replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth on the earth. NLT version says, then God blessed them and said, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth and govern it. Reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. Subdue means kavash. It means to place your foot of your conquered enemy, bring them under complete control, and it's a submersive position. So now I'm thinking military style. <laughs> Bring under submission, under your feet. 
Who's under your feet? The devil. The devil should be under our feet all the time. If he's not under your feet, put your little foot in front of you and put him underneath your feet this morning. And subdue him. And put your foot on his neck where he can't move anymore. Have you ever seen that in military combat? They go straight for the neck to dis, dis, disabilitate the person because you can't move if somebody has you by your neck. That's why people go for the choke, the choking right away <laughs> because you can't breathe. And, you know, um, the enemy wants to take us out in that area right now because we have not been doing our job. This whole C word that we talk about, it's to take our breath so we don't breathe. He's trying to subdue us when we should be subduing him. We should have our foot like a footstool on his neck where he can't breathe. Not him on us where we can't breathe. And, and uh, I was thinking about that. You know, if we don't understand the kingdom of God and how powerful the kingdom of God is, then we will keep bowing down to this lying devil. We will. And you don't mean to, but it happens. It, it happens because when you're at your weakest point, when you're having a bad day, that's when the whispers come. That's when the lies come and you begin to agree with him. And then he takes his foot on your neck to cause you to feel pressure and not to be able to breathe anymore with anxiety and being anxious and all this other mess he's trying to put on the body of Christ. First Peter 2 9 says, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called him out of darkness into his wonderful light. You're chosen, you're a royal priesthood. We got to start acting like it. Not just read the scripture and be like, oh, I'm nobody. Oh, who am I to do this? Uh, no, you're a royal priesthood. You're a king and a priest of the most high. You are given authority from God to move in it. But the authority has been misused out of agreement with the enemy at times that you agree with him over your marriages. You agree with him over your family. You agree with him over your finances. You begin to agree with him because he comes when you're tired. I really felt we have to be careful what we're filling our ears with right now. <clears throat> what you're listening to, it is feeding your spirit and sometimes we don't even realize it. I, I've gone to people's houses, and they have the news on all day long. Literally, all day long, they have the news on. Guess what it's doing to you all day long? It's feeding you the things of this world that are heavy and become burdens upon you. And then when you're having conversations with other people, that very thing that is being heard in your ears comes out of this, which is not in agreement with heaven, and you begin to talk like the media of this world instead of you talking from the kingdom of heaven and sounding like the heavens coming to invade earth. And we come to agreement with it. Well, yeah, they said blah, blah, blah. A lot of it is lies. A lot of it is lies. You go, they, they've done actual interviews with people that are on the lands in different places. And they'll interview them and they'll say, that's not what's happening here. This is what's happening here. Because they begin to create anxiety upon people, worry upon people, burdens upon people of things that aren't even existing and happening right now. And so I can't bow down to the lie. You can't bow down to the lie any longer. We were never meant to bow down to any lie of the enemy anymore. And you're like, but Apostle Alice, how's that even possible just by hearing it? Well, in Romans 10, 17, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. 
If you're going to have anything playing in the background, play somebody speaking the word. Play worship. Play something that's going to be productive for a kingdom mindset. My brother, when he went into the military, they had to break him mentally down to build him back up to think like a military soldier. You come around a soldier and something chaotic happens, they know how to respond. They know how to pick up their, their gun. They know how to pick up their tools. They know how to pick up whatever they need at that moment to defend and protect. Because this is how what's been embedded in their mind. How did they get it embedded? By hearing it. They had some leader there teaching them and training them how to get into that military mindset that, hey, you stay alert. You don't go to sleep at night. You're assigned to a post. You stay awake all night. You don't go to sleep. You stay on guard. That's what they call it. So a lot of us have gone to sleep. We're not on guard anymore. <laughs> We're not on guard not even on guard on our house sometimes. And then we're dealing with all this mess in our own home, and we're like, how did this even happen? Well, you weren't on guard. You were asleep. You didn't speak over your doorways. You didn't speak over your house. You know, because the enemy comes at night when, you're, when everything's quiet and you lay your head on your bed, that's when the devil comes. He doesn't come when you're busy all day. He comes at night when everything's quiet, and then he speaks to you. So that's why at night, like, it's so crazy because when I was growing up, see, my sisters and my family, they didn't know what I was going to become or what I was going to do in my life. I didn't know myself, but the Lord did. And the Lord put it upon my sister, who was Catholic, to tell me every night, don't forget to pray. Like, literally, I swear, there wasn't one day my sister didn't tell me, don't forget to pray. And, and even though she probably didn't even understand what that fully meant, even though she didn't really get the fullness of prayer, she, she, it's like the Lord put her in my life, don't forget to pray. And so I, every night, I would pray. I would pray for my mom. I'd pray for my dad as a child. I would pray for everybody because I wanted them to be blessed. I wanted them to have, have uh, good things. Because I was a kid, I didn't know, like, the Bible verses. I was like, I just want, I want my family to have good things. I want them to have nice things. And so the Lord was training me as a child in his own way, even though I didn't grow up in a house that was built on the foundations of God, but he was, he put somebody there to say, don't forget to pray every day. Don't forget to pray. Okay. Good night. Don't forget to pray. And I've had that in me since I was a kid that when I go to bed at night, don't forget to pray. And so I have to pray. So that's you being on guard over your household, over your family, that you're like, okay, it's time to pray. Then after you pray, you get in the peace of Father because you're giving it to God. You don't pray and then hold on to this stuff and let it be anxiety that keeps you awake all night. You pray, you give it to him, he comes over, takes it from you, and then he dispatches the angelic to co-labor with you to bring it forth on your behalf because the authority he's given you to subdue and take dominion. It's dominion over everything, not just your household. It's dominion over your land. It's dominion everywhere you go. You, are, you have kingship. When you wake up in the morning, you're not just so-and-so, you're a king. A king has responsibilities. A king has duties. A king has things that he or she has to do. You don't get just to sit there and wallow in yourself. You've got to agree with heaven. And as soon as you turn your face to heaven, uh, Bob Jones has this book that's so good, and it's called like... Uh, Good morning, or I, I don't know if it was Bob Jones, somebody else. Good morning, Holy Spirit. There's a reason why, there, yeah, it was Benny Hinn. There, there's a reason why that book was made was because that's the first thing you should wake up to. You should wake up to saying, good morning, Holy Spirit. Good morning, Holy Spirit. And then seek Holy Spirit first to see what your assignment is, what your duties are for that day. 
Because if the first thing you wake up to is your phone or the first thing you wake up to is is other things, your family, your kids, your husband, your wife, all these other things that come in, then you're not going to know what you're supposed to be doing. And you're going to be pulled in every other direction besides listening to Holy Spirit to only do what Holy Spirit tells you to do. They, um, Mark 9, <clears throat> I, I really like this story because, see, Jesus knew who he was in his identity. And because he knew who he was in his identity, he functioned out of that place of knowing, I am the son of God. You, you are a son, you are a daughter of God. You ha- if you have to wake up every day, if you have to put post-its on your refrigerator, I mean, you put post-its on your refrigerators to remind you of stupid stuff. Don't forget to call the light bill. Don't forget to call the water bill. Don't forget to do, you write notes everywhere, little stickies everywhere, and write a sticky on there that says, I'm a son or I'm a daughter of the most high. Sometimes you have to speak it out loud to yourself and remind yourself who you are in him. Because the enemy is waiting there on the side of your bed to give you all your worries, all your burdens, all this stuff, the minute your eyes open. But if you wake up and say, I'm a son of the king, I'm a daughter of the king, it changes immediately your perspective of how your day begins. Because now you wake up with authority saying, I'm a son, I'm a daughter of the king. And now you're not this defeated bride, you know, a beggar begging God to give you something. But you wake up and you're like, you're like, man, I'm a son or daughter of the king. Okay, what are my kingly duties today? What, what does God want me to do today for his kingdom? When God spoke, it mattered. Every word he spoke in scripture mattered. That's why they made this red red letter Bible now. (laughs) I haven't even seen it, but I was thinking about that this morning. So it was important to know how God spoke. It was important to know what he said out of his mouth and different circumstances he was dealing with that came to him. It didn't mean Jesus woke up and everything was fine and dandy because we know through scripture everything wasn't perfect. Everybody came to Jesus with their problems. <laughs> He's possessed. He, he, they need to be healed over here. Can you imagine <laughs> like what it was like to be in his shoes that everybody came to him? People started finding out about what, what God used him for, and all of a sudden the crowds were coming. It's like having a crusade every day. <laughs> it's like the crowds were coming with all their problems. And so Jesus had to watch what he said. He couldn't just speak just to speak. He had to say what his father told him to say and to do. That was the key thing of his power. He didn't add, he didn't take away from what God said. He just said and did what the father told him to do and to say. This is a, 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 an example of how he even functions. Mark 9, 17. One of the men in the crowd spoke up and said, teacher, I brought my son so you could heal him. He pos- he's possessed by an evil spirit that won't let him talk. And whenever this spirit seizes him, it throws him violently to the ground. Then he foams at the mouth and grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. So I asked your disciples to cast out the evil spirit, but they couldn't do it. Verse 19, Jesus said to them, you faithless, faithless people. How long must I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. Verse 20, so they brought the boy, but when the evil spirit saw Jesus, it threw the child into violent convulsions, and he fell to the ground, withering and foaming at the mouth. Verse 21, how long has this been going on? Jesus asked the boy's father. He replied, since he was a little boy. The spirit often throws him into the fire, into the water, trying to kill him. Have mercy on us and help us if you can. What do you mean if I can? 
This is the words right here. This is the important part. What do you mean if I can? <laughs> Jesus asked, anything is possible if a person believes. Anything's possible if you believe. That's what he's saying. The father in instantly cried out, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. Of course, the enemy wants you to be in unbelief. So what do you say? You take it to God. Say, God, help me with my unbelief. Verse 25, when Jesus saw the crowd of onlookers was growing, he rebuked the evil spirit. This is what he says. Listen, you spirit that makes this boy unable to hear and speak. He said, I command you to come out of this child and never enter him again. 26, then the spirit screamed through the boy into another violent convulsion and left him, and the boy appeared to be dead. A murmur ran through the crowd as people said, he's dead. <laughs> but Jesus took him by the hand and helped him to his feet, and he stood up. See, he's displaying and he's teaching the disciples and he's teaching those around him how to speak to this situation. He's, he's training and equipping them right now because he's walking with them. And he's like, look, if somebody has an evil spirit, this is what you do. You don't be in unbelief. You believe that I can take it away. Boom, done. There's no questions asked. It's, it's going to be done. That's it. James 5.19, so Jesus explained, I tell you the truth, the son can do nothing by himself. He does only what he sees the father doing, and whatever the father does, the son also does. Jesus moved in power, and he, he moved in power because he talked like his father. He carried himself like his father. When he spoke, he didn't speak shenanigans. He spoke like the father of heaven. So what do you think he sounded like when he spoke? He sounded like heaven. He allowed heaven through him by listening to his father to do and say what he told him to do through every situation. And then he exhibited it on the earth here, bringing heaven to earth, subduing, taking dominion over everything here on the earth. He was redeeming back to us what was lost in the garden in Genesis where he says, you will subdue, you will have dominion. He was here to fulfill that for each one of us. Our breakthrough is already here for us. We, we just have to be in belief about it. He's waiting on me and you to agree with him. The, the breakthrough is already here. We don't have to beg. We don't have to uh, ask for it 10 million times. The breakthrough is already here because our steps are already ordered. Our stories are already written in heaven. So he knows already what you were going to go through before you went through it. If he knows what you're going to go through before you went through it, because he knows us, <laughs> he knows how we think. He knows the way we make our decisions. He knows how stubborn we can be, how hard-headed we can be sometimes. Let's be real. That he already has a solution for you and me. He's like, I know. Don't you know, like, with your kids, you already know, like, if you put your child in a certain situation, their decision they're going to make, good or bad? <laughs> Why? You've known them all their life. You raised them. Jesus has known us even before we came to this earth. He knows your every thought. He knows when you're depressed. He knows when you're sad. He knows when something's bothering you. He knows everything about you. You can't, you can't lie to him. You can't say, I'm fine to him. Like we tell one another, how are you doing? I'm fine. Jesus sees right through our fines. He's like, okay, you can be fine in the natural, but I know what's really going on inside. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> I, 
I, I was uh, listening to this message yesterday that was so good, and my heart has been with, about Solomon for some time now because I don't want the next generation to come and them not have wisdom. And I think the only way we can demonstrate wisdom is by moving in wisdom ourselves. And the only thing that produces wisdom is, is us saying and doing what our Father tells us to say and do. And so in Proverbs 4, 5, it says, if, if any one of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. Um, in uh, James 1, 5, you can read that. But you ask him for wisdom. That's been my prayer recently. I'm like, Lord, I don't know everything. I may have not been educated in certain areas of my life, but I'll take the education of heaven and I'll take the leading of heaven over any education of this world. I will, because Holy Spirit is our teacher. And Holy Spirit will come teach you even the things that you didn't go to school for. All this creativity and vision that he gives out to people, it's not because they're very smart or they're very educated. This stuff comes from him. <laughs> it, now, now, do they all give him credit? No, because they may not know God at that moment. They may have not, never received him in their life. But you can tell, like, it's funny because I read about people's lives that are like famous and how they got there. And it was like all their life they knew they were created to do something. And it didn't mean that it wasn't difficult or hard sometimes. It didn't mean that somebody told them they couldn't do it. But even though people told them they couldn't do it, they, they still ran after it. And because they were persistent of running after what they knew they were created to do because it burned inside of them, they became whatever it was they were to become. And you can sit here and you can blame, well, I grew up in poverty. Oh, I grew up molested or abused. Look, some had, so did some of these people. Some of them are straight up from the hood in the projects. But they didn't agree. Their, their breakthrough was not agreeing with it. Even though their mom and their dad might have had them there because they didn't understand that there was something different out there, they didn't agree with it. And they kept telling themselves, if you look at their interviews and how they talk, I just kept telling myself, I got to get out of here. I got to get out of this place. I don't want to be here for the rest of my life. They kept telling themselves that every day because they were building up something inside of them. And this is not even through God, okay? This is just them being people, people who wanted more. If they want more and God gave them more, and some of them aren't even believers, can you imagine what he would do with a believer? If we agreed with heaven for the more, because our mindset has to be in agreement with heaven. And because we know the word, now we have authority and power from the word of God by hearing it. And now we can establish it here on the earth that God will do a great work in us until it's finished. That's what his word says. Proverbs 4.1. There's security in wisdom. Any of y'all want some security today? <laughs> security is good, right? <laughs> I mean, that's what people strive for in the world. Well, if I have a 401k, 401k, if I have insurance, I have benefits, I have all these things, <laughs> there's security in that, right? <laughs> there's security in wisdom. Here are my children, verse 1, the instruction of a father. And give attention to knowing to no understanding, for I give you good doctrine. Do not forsake my law. When I was my father's son, tender, and the only one in the sight of my mother, he also taught me and said to me, let your heart retain my words. I think that's something we need to say. Let, my, let our heart 
Retain the words of the Lord. Keep my commands and live. Then verse 5, get wisdom. <laughs> he says it yelling. He doesn't just say like, hey, you need to get some wisdom. He's like, no, get, get wisdom. <laughs> that means it's very important. And then he says, get understanding. Get understanding with your wisdom. Do not forget nor turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her, and she will preserve you. We're talking about wisdom. Don't forsake wisdom. She will preserve you. Love her, and she will keep you. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And in all you're getting, get understanding. Exalt her, and she will promote you. She will bring you honor when you embrace her. She will place on your head an ornament of grace. <laughs> a crown of glory she will deliver to you. Hear, my son, and receive my sayings, and the years of your life will be many. I have taught you in the way of wisdom. I have led you in right paths. Verse 12, when you walk your steps will not be hindered. And when you run, you will not stumble. Take firm hold of instruction and do not let go. Keep her, for she is your life. Do not enter the path of the wicked and do not walk in the way of the evil. Avoid it. Do not travel on it. Turn away from it and pass on. For they do not sleep unless they have done evil. And their sleep is taken away unless they make someone fall. For they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. But the path of the just is like the shining sun that shines ever brighter unto the perfect day. The way of the wicked is like darkness. They do not know what makes them stumble. My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. <clears throat> Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs up the issues of life. Put away from, your, from you a deceitful mouth. Here it is, what we speak. Put away from you a deceitful mouth. Don't agree with the enemy and speak like the enemy any longer. And put perverse lips far from you. Let your eyes look straight ahead and your eyelids look right before you. Ponder the path of your path, of your feet, and let your ways be established. Do not turn to the right or to the left, remove your foot from evil. He's telling you what wisdom will do for you. If you just keep hold and believe. And he gives you perfect instructions here. Hey, listen. Retain it in your heart. Retain the words I'm talking to you. I'm giving you wisdom. Get understanding with everything. I don't, I mean, I can... <laughs> I can probably write a book of how many believers I have that come to us that say they don't understand. I don't understand why this is happening to me. I don't understand why my family's getting so attacked. I don't understand why this happened in my life as a kid. I don't understand. In all things, get understanding. Wisdom and understanding their partners. When you have wisdom, ask for understanding. If there's something you don't understand and it's causing confusion upon you, because when you begin to agree with the enemy of not understanding, it causes confusion and things begin to look blurry. Things are not focused anymore. And when you get blurry in your eyesight and in your hearing, the enemy will come in and swipe you from your legs and you don't even realize it because you've agreed with whatever it is you're not understanding. So whatever you need understanding in today, say, God, give me understanding. 
I'm here to receive your wisdom, and I'm here to receive your understanding. The enemy all morning kept talking to me about breaking agreement this morning. You've got to break agreement with what the enemy has been telling you. That is how you become the overcomer. You break agreement. Well, I'm always going to be addicted to these drugs. You just agreed with it. Well, I'm always going to smoke all my life. Well, you just agreed with it. I'm always going to be sick all my life. Well, you just agree with it. Every agreement you've agreed with. Well, I'm never going to have enough money for this. I'm never going to have enough money for that. Guess what? You just agreed with it. You have to break that agreement. And you have to agree with heaven and heaven's perspective over your life. Maybe you've agreed with anger. Things in your life are making you angry right now. Break the agreement. Ephesians 4, 26 to 27. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. Isn't that crazy what anger does? Anger opens the door for him to have a foothold on you. Instead of, in Genesis, having the foothold on him. So get rid of anger. He died for us to be overcomers and for us to be conquerors. He didn't die and resurrect just for the sake of us just trying to make it, trying to survive. That's not what he died for and he resurrected for. John 16, I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace, and in the world you will have tribulation. But take heart, I have overcome the world. People get stuck in this part where it says the world, you will have tribulation. They will speak it out of their mouths in agreement, they will talk about that word over and over again. They will teach on that word, which makes my heart so sad because it brings fear and it brings chaos to a generation. It doesn't bring peace. And it says there, I've said these things to you that in me, in me, you may have peace. Aren't we supposed to be one with him? In him, we have peace. But if we're in the world, that's where the tribulation is at. The tribulation is in the world. He's not giving you the tribulation. He's not saying, I'm going to give, I died, I, ro I rose up from the dead so you could have tribulation. He's saying, no, I did all this so you wouldn't have tribulation. So you wouldn't have a rough way to go. I'm here to make it easier for you. But take heart. I have overcome the world. Many of you have overcome the world. That's why you're here this morning. Those that are watching, you've overcome the world. Something of the world enticed you, tempted you. You went to a place of darkness. Now you've overcome it. Now you get to take the inheritance God has always meant for you to walk in. There's an inheritance of heaven that comes with a kingly, priestly anointing that's upon your life. And we have the right to that inheritance. And it comes by overcoming the world. Romans 8.37. Know in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. See, everything is with him. We cannot separate ourselves from him. If we are with him, if he is part of us, we're part of him, we're going to do good. We don't have to go through the same things everybody else is going through. James 1.12, blesses a man who remains steadfast under trial. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. So how do you remain steadfast under a trial? By loving him. It says it right there. Flip it. Okay, so what you're telling me is that as you promised to me, because I love you and I continue to love you through my trial, through my problem, 
and I've stood the test, I get a crown of life and I'm blessed. Blessed is the man. Blessed is the woman. <laughs> I know it sounds easy, right? When you read it like that, it's like, what? It's like a no-brainer, right? <laughs> Until you are in a problem, and then you're like, <laughs> somehow, that's why I'm like, Lord, let the word remain in my heart. <laughs> let the word remain in my ears and in my heart. <laughs> So that way, when I'm going through a trial, I don't get dismayed. <laughs> we were always created to be champions. Isaiah 42, 13 through 17 says, The Lord will march out like a champion. Like a warrior, he will stir up his zeal. With a shout, he will raise the battle cry and with triumphant over his enemies. For a long time, I've kept silent. I've been quiet and held myself back. But now, like a woman in childbirth, I cry out. I gasp and pant. I will lay waste the mountains and hills and dry up all of their vegetation. I will turn rivers into islands and dry up the pools. I will lead the blind by the ways they have not known. Along unfamiliar paths, I will guide them. I will turn the darkness into light before them and make the rough places smooth. These are the things I will do. I will not forsake them. But those who trust in idols who say to images, you are my gods, will be turned back into utter shame. Can you imagine? Like, I want you to vision this in a vision right there where you're at. The Lord marching out like a champion. <laughs> like a warrior, he will stir up his zeal with a shout. He will raise the battle cry and triumphant over his enemies. Okay, now we all have this vision, right? Jesus Almighty coming out like a champion. I'm thinking of like the boxing ring and they're about to announce a boxer coming out and like the music's playing and the lights are on him. It's called glory. <laughs> and there's this big old awesome thing going on and the people are cheering him on because <laughs> the champion is here. <laughs> this is how I, that's how my brain works <laughs> I don't know how what you envision so I don't mean to mess up your vision <laughs> but this is how I envision the Lord coming out like a champion so now get this Genesis 127 so God created human beings in his own image and in the image of God he created them male and female he created them so now envision yourself where Jesus was at as a champion. You're coming out with the glory of the Lord. You're coming out and all of heaven, the cloud of witnesses, is cheering you on, saying, you can do it. We all have been there, done that. Come out, come out. Answer your call. Come out to what God's called you to be. Start speaking like Jesus in the power of what he created you to move in. Come out from that dark place. Come into the light. Pump yourself up with, with the zeal that's inside of you. Get excited for what he's created you to do in his image. You're like Jesus. What is Jesus? A champion. What are you? You're a champion. You're an overcomer. You're a conqueror. Beat this thing already and be done with it. <laughs> Whatever it is you're battling, beat it and be done with it. <laughs> In your own mindset. How do we do this? Hebrews 12.2. We do this by keeping your eyes on Jesus, <laughs> the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because the joy awaiting him, he endureth the cross, 
disregarding its shame. Now he's seated in the place of honor besides God's throne. Doesn't it say in the word the overcomers sit with the Lord on the right hand of God? See, that's how I envision. I'm like, if I overcome this thing, I'm going to have a seat next to Jesus. If I can conquer this little, oh, this little thing that keeps getting me down, this little thing that keeps making me stumble, this little thing that keeps coming after me, if I can overcome it and I can conquer it like a champion, boom, I'm sitting right there next to him. Right? That's how we have to begin to think. We can't think like a defeated bride anymore. Our eyes have to stay fixed on him. All morning long. Look, I'm going to tell you prophetically, okay? Here's the prophetic side of me. I get here this morning. I'm putting my message together on my iPad. My iPad goes blurry. I've never had this happen before up until today. I'm like calling Apostle Pete, like, how did this happen? I need my notes today. I'm like, what in the world is happening to my iPad? Because I'm not a techie person. And then I get it resolved, right? So then I go to my phone, to my camera, to take a picture. And it's blurry. And I'm like, God, you're speaking through this. See, the confusion and blurriness comes in our vision because we're not looking at the Lord. We're looking at everything else. We're looking at the problems. We're looking at the difficulties. We're looking at the circumstances. We're looking at everything else but him. But as soon as we fix our eyes on him, everything is made clear. Your vision that he's giving you for your life is made clear. All of a sudden, something inside of you wakes up and you're like, oh my God, I can see myself through him. It's like you're looking at a mirror of who he is, but in yourself. And you're like, I was created in his image. I look like my father. I'm a champion just like my Jesus. As soon as my eyes get fixed on him, I begin to see myself the way that he has always seen himself with the identity in his father and his father telling him what to do and say every day of his life up until he was resurrected. He didn't take his eyes off his father. He kept his eyes hooked on his father in such a way that he would not turn left or right unless his father told him to. So there's wisdom in that. Let's stand this afternoon. So what are, what are we going to do? Keep our eyes on Jesus. <laughs> and what else are we going to do? Subdue and take dominion. It's time, body of Christ. It's time. Whatever has been your issue this morning, I want you to put it on the ground, and I want you to take your foot, and I want you to subdue it and take dominion over it. It doesn't matter what it is. Whatever issue you've put in your mind that's been a stumbling block for you, put it on the ground, take submission, dominion over it, put your foot on it, and say no more. No more will this be a struggle. No more will this be a problem. And you have to begin to declare, I'm a champion. Say it out of your mouth. I'm a champion. Why am I a champion? Because he's a champion. (laughs) And you're going to overcome and you're going to conquer and you're not going to stay where you're at right now. There's going to be movement There's going to be change. There's going to be transformation. How does it come? By following your father, by doing what he says and does, and only that. So let's pray.
God, we thank you for everything already, God. Just give him thanks right now. Right there where you're at, just begin to thank him. Thank him for everything he's already done for you. You're here. Thank him for being here. Thank him for your, your salvation. You're not in darkness anymore. You're in light. Thank him. Give him thanksgiving because he's worthy of our thanksgiving. He's worthy of our praise. God, we agree with heaven this afternoon. <laughs> Say it out of your mouth. I agree with heaven. <laughs> and I take dominion over everything on this earth, Lord. I will only do what you tell me to do. And I will only say what you tell me to say. I will begin to govern the things that you've given me. That they will no longer sit there to the wayside any longer. And I speak breakthrough over every circumstance in my life right now. <laughs> and we give you all honor and all praise in Jesus' mighty name. More than a conqueror, <laughs> an overcomer, and a champion. For the kingdom of God. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> we just thank you for coming today. We know that the Lord is going to leave you in a place when you walk out of here. That's going to be in your mind of victory. You're not defeated. You know, I was, I was thinking about this movie the other day. I hadn't seen it in a long time. It was called Unbroken. And that man went through, it's a true story, actually. And he went through craziness. But nothing broke him. Nothing has broken us. Nothing is going to break us. And you need to say that sometimes to yourself. We are unbroken. He broke on the cross for every one of us. He became broken for all of us. That now we can sit in a place of being unbroken before him. And so we give him thanksgiving for him making us unbroken. That nothing this world does to us could ever break us. But just build us and make us stronger. We just thank you in Jesus' name, Lord. God bless you guys. Y'all have a great rest of the weekend. Enjoy your family time together. We look forward to seeing you guys soon.